0: Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag.
1: It's not incumbent upon the woman to respect the man. So in other words, the the man saying, well, I'm not going to love you till you respect me. doesn't work that way. She can't respect you until and unless you love her that way. And proportionate to how you love her, she'll respect you. Proportionate to how you love her as a A husband, she will in turn proportionate to that respect. You respect is earned.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Esther. Many of us would agree that each and every one of us appreciates respect. In some cases, we often end up acting as though we're entitled to it. In today's message, Pastor J.D. reflects on the horrible decree of King Ahasuerus. In our study, we learned the importance of earning the respect we desire by loving those who we desire it from. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now here's Pastor J.D. in Esther chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: And so she tells Mordecai and all the Jews we need to pray and fast and that's when she says, if I perish, I perish. What did she mean by that? Well, what she meant by that was I'm going to go into the presence of the king uninvited and if he doesn't put out his scepter, I perish. I'm dead. That's how serious this was. Now this is kind of on the other end of it, so here the king does summons her, and she refuses to come, well, that's punishable by death too. So we still have an unanswered question here. Why is it that knowing full well that this could be punishable by death, why does she refuse? Here's why she refused. God put it in her heart to refuse. Again, this is the providence of God. This is the sovereignty of God. I've heard it said this way. I love this. I love this. I love this. God rules over all and overrules all. God over, what do we know to be true throughout scripture? God directs the, the hearts of rulers like the water going downstream. Oh no. <laughs> God put this in her heart. This is the providence of God. This is the sovereignty of God working in the affairs of man to bring about his sovereign end. And if there was ever a case of God doing that, it is with Esther. And this had to happen in order for Esther to ever even come on the scene. This is, again, God orchestrating everything behind the scenes, and he's choreographing every step in his sovereignty. I've heard it said this way, too. God not only directs our steps, he directs our stops. And I really believe that God stopped her from going, because as we're about to see, she's going to get deposed in order that God can then raise up Esther for such a time as this. Now, verse 13. And the king said to the wise men who understood the times, for this was the king's manner toward all who knew law and justice, those closest to him being Karshena, Shathar, Edmatha, Tarshish, Mares, Marsena, and Memucan, the seven princes of Persia and Medea who had access to the king's presence and who ranked highest in the kingdom. So here's the question now that uh, he asks. Verse 15. What shall we do to Queen Vashti according to the law? Because she did not obey the command of King Ahasuerus brought to her by the eunuchs. So I don't know <laughs> if it's possible to overstate how serious of a problem this is now for the king, and what's at stake? And not just for the queen, but how about all of these men's wives? You know what they're thinking. In fact, that's what we're about to read here as we get towards the end of the chapter. Uh, But he has just been completely humiliated before all the subjects under his command. And remember now what the reason is for these feasts. He's wanting to garner support to wage war. Now you've got a king who has a wife, the queen, who is not submitted to his authority. What about these men now who are going to be submitted to his authority? And when they are about to go into Battle. Well, let's read on. It's going to get even more interesting. Verse 16, And Memucan answered before the king and the princes, (laughs) Queen Vashti has not only wronged the king, but also all the princes and all the people who are in all the provinces of King Azurus I mean, really, they're only thinking about themselves and what are our wives going to say? And they say as much, verse 17, for the queen's behavior will become known to all women, especially our wives, so that they will despise their husbands in their eyes when they report King Ahasuerus commanded Queen Vashti to be brought in before him, but she did not come. Don't get any ideas. That's not in the original. Verse 18, This very day, the noble ladies of Persia and Medea will say to all the king's officials that they have heard of the behavior of the queen. Thus, there will be, and this is an interesting, interesting way to say it, excessive contempt and wrath. Translated, our wives aren't going to obey us anymore because of this, King. This is really serious. What are we going to do? Well, perhaps, well, clearly, maybe even rightly, <clears throat> these men are now very concerned about their own wives and really all of the women in the kingdom. Now, as we're going to see next, in seeking to keep their wives in submission to them, and respect for them, they're going to get the king to issue a decree. And again, this is an interesting detail that will come into play later because whenever the king would issue a decree, it was irreversible. So this is what Haman would also get him to do very cunningly, very cleverly. And the reason why the king could not reverse this edict uh, is because once he issues it, that's it. And all he could do was arm the uh, Jews with weaponry in order to fight the battle. And then, of course, they would prevail. Why? Because of God's providence and God's sovereignty at work behind the scenes. So they're going to get the king to issue this decree. But in all fairness, they might want the right thing. But the problem is they're going about obtaining it in the wrong way, which is what we're going to see them do right now. Verse 19, If it pleases the king, let a royal decree go out from him and let it be recorded in the laws of the Persians and the Medes so that it will not be altered, that Vashti shall come no more before King Ahasuerus and let the king give her royal position to another who is better than she. Oh, I know somebody. (sighs) Verse 20, When the king's decree, which he will make, is proclaimed throughout all his empire, for it is great, all wives will honor their husbands, both great and small. And, verse 21, of course, the reply pleased the king and the prince's, And the king did according to the word of Memucan. Then, verse 22, he sent letters to all the king's provinces, to each province on its own script, and to every people in their own language, (laughs) get this, that each man should master his own house and speak in the language of his own people. So the chapter ends with this irrevocable decree, all wives will honor their husbands, submit to their husbands who are the masters of the house. Now, again, in all fairness, this is how God ordained it. The husband is to be the head of the home. But we actually have two buts here. The first but is this. Honor and respect cannot be forced. It has to be earned. And we're told how it's earned, especially in the husband and wife relationship in the book of Ephesians, which, by the way, when we're finished with Galatians, and we're in the last chapter of Galatians as well on Sunday mornings, this is the next book. And I cannot wait for this book. I want to end our Bible study tonight uh, in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 through... Thirty-three, And I want to um, maybe, hopefully, clear up some things. This, by the way, is uh, in part the passage I use whenever I do a wedding because it holds, and I'm careful when I use this word because it's overused, it's been hijacked. That's another word I probably shouldn't use, but the word um, secret, the secret is, to the success in marriage is uh, woven into the fabric of what the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus in chapter 5. And so if you'll bear with me, I'll uh, begin reading in verse 21. Uh, And by the way, husbands don't like to talk about verse 21. They want to fast forward to verse 22. You know why? Well, listen to what verse 21 says. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wait, what? And that, he says that first? Yeah. In other words, husbands and wives submit one to the other. Then he says, verse 22, every husband has this memorized in several different languages and perfect dialect. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Submit to me, woman. Okay, woman. Take them back to verse 21. Oh, uh, wait, I think first, though, you're supposed to submit to me, and I'm supposed to submit to you. And then he says, verse 22, wives, submit yourselves. And then, uh, by the way, uh, wives, um, he now directs his attention to the husband, in verse 23 and says, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. And then he says again, husbands, not the wife. He only said one thing to the wife after saying both of you need to submit one to another. Wives, submit yourselves to the husband. So now, verse 23, husband. Verse 24, husbands. Verse 25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless in the same way. And, well, this is, this is why I do this for weddings because here's this beautiful bride standing there facing her groom and I'm almost like this, just you know, to the husband, husband, love your wife, husband, I'll get to you in just one second, husbands, 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 and in the same way, verse 28, he says it now for the second time, husbands ought to love their wives, now the first time he says, as Christ loved the church and gave himself for, her. now check out what he says, the second time, husbands, love your wives. Not just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, but love your wives as you love your own body. I have yet to meet a guy that is not, as he walks by that storefront, you know, looking at himself in the reflection, you know, sucking it in and puffing it out. And I have yet to meet a guy that's not into his body. And you need to love your wives as your own body. And then he says this, He who loves his wife loves himself. Oh, after all, <laughs> no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. And then he says, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself. Now, I don't know if he caught this or not, but no less than three times, he says to the husband, love your wife. Interesting. He does not say to the wife, love your husband. Not even one time, but no less than three times, he says to the husband, Love your wives. And then, after he says that, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven words for the wife. That's it. We just got done reading how many verses to the husband to love your wife. And there's just, he says, And the wife must respect her husband. That's, That's it? What? He just just got done. Love your wife, love your wife, love your wife, love your wife, love your wife. Oh, and wife, respect your husband. Just one
0: time. He just says it
1: one time to her. And oh, by the way, here's the key. Here's the, again, secret, for lack of a better word, to a blessed Marriage and a successful marriage. And again, I use that word carefully. If a husband will love his wife that way, then the way God's wired the woman, she can't resist respecting her husband. That's the way God wired her. Now, I always like to ask the groom, put him on the spot when I'm doing the wedding, and say, okay, so now, that's, a, that's kind of a tall order, isn't it? You got to love her as much as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her? you got to love her as much as you love and are into your own body? you got to love her as much as you love yourself? How are you going to do that? I had one uh, recently when (laughs) the group says, I'm going to love her that way. I just, with all, you know, in love, I just said, no, you're not. You can't. You just can't. There's no way you can, in and of yourself, love her that way. The only way you can love her that way is in the power of the Holy Spirit indwelling you and empowering you and enabling you to love her that way. There is no love that you have in and of yourself. I know I've shared this, but this is apropos. You'll bear with me if you've heard it. The first 84 times I shared it. But early on in our marriage, I, I remember oh, I was so uh, spiritual, at least I thought. And I remember, I'll never forget this. I remember looking at my wife and I thought it was so profound. I just said to her, honey, I love you with the love that only God can give. I just thought she was going to melt. Oh, honey, that but she didn't. Instead, she just she looked at me with this look of horror. And she says to me, "You mean that the only way you can I'm so unlovable that the only way you can love me is if God gives you a love for me?" I like you know how a a dog looks like this when it's really puzzled. I mean, I'm just going. What? Where did that come from? How do you, how wives? How do you do that? How do you listen? Us guys, we we don't get it. There's a lot of things we don't get, and don't do that to us because that really messes us up. I mean, we're trying our best here, okay? So anyway, I I, I tried to, and all of these years later, we uh, we just celebrated 29 years of marriage last month, and she still reminds me of that. And I've tried for 29 years almost to try to qualify it and clarify it, and it's been to no avail. But it's the truth. The only way that husbands can love their wives that way is in the power of the Holy Spirit indwelling them. That's the only way. Now, I have yet to meet a guy that doesn't want his wife to respect him. I'll even venture to say that he wants more than anything. That's how God wired him. He wants more than anything to be respected. Interesting. Not loved. I I, I don't want to, you know make anybody uncomfortable, but I'm, I'm pretty sure guys aren't going to their wives and going, do you love me? I'm pretty sure that doesn't happen. I mean, as a rule, right? But conversely, the guy is going to always say to, and even in some cases, wrongly demand from the wife this respect and submission, one of the things I'm learning, I never like to say I've especially when it comes to marriage, and I'll I'll save the marriage teaching for when we get to Ephesians uh chapter five. But um one of the things I'm learning, and I don't say learned, especially in the context of marriage, uh I'm still learning. Uh what I'm still learning is is that when I love my wife this way, then She'll respect me in the way that God made her to respect me. And she wants to, by the way. She wants to. She wants to respect me. And she wants to, uh, as my wife, have that covering over her. She wants to know that she is so loved and the most important person than and the most important thing to me than anything else in my life next to the Lord. And when she's that secure and she knows she's that loved, then she will in turn respect me in the way that God made her to. And that's the secret to a successful marriage. It it sounds simple, doesn't it? But the buck stops with the man. It's not incumbent upon the woman to respect the man. So in other words, the, the man saying... Well, I'm not going to love you till you respect me. doesn't work that way. She can't respect you until and unless you love her that way. And proportionate to how you love her, she'll respect you. Proportionate to how you love her as a husband, she will in turn, proportionate to that, respect you. Respect is earned. Respect is earned.
0: Thanks for being part of our time here today on In Spirit and Truth. We'd love to stay connected with you, so visit inspiritandtruthradio.com today. You'll find a link to our Twitter page where you can join the conversation and fill your feed with encouragement. We'd love to see you here in person at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe if you're in the area. We hold services every Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. or come by on Thursday at 7 p.m. for an in-depth Bible study. Directions can be found on our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com, as well as more information about who we are as a community of faith. If you can't join us in person, you can still benefit from Pastor JD's teachings through our online resources at inspiritandtruthradio.com. Simply click Listen on the top of the page to find a number of previous messages by Pastor J.D. in various books of the Bible. Along with that, we invite you to check out the Mideast Prophecy Update. The Mideast Prophecy Update is a focused look at current events through the lens of prophecy. The Bible has given us clear indications of what's to come, and we can see these events being played out around the world. Join Pastor J.D. each Friday and Saturday for the Mideast Prophecy Update on our YouTube channel or download our mobile app to have these updates right at your fingertips. Find a link at inspiritandtruthradio.com We're so glad you tuned in today to In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. has much more to share from the Old Testament book of Esther when you join us again right here on In Spirit and Truth.
1: Holy
0: me truth you